0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the
1: leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. What's up, everybody? My name is David EJ Burger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter, and welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls, with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their firsthand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long as I'm bringing you three to four shows per week filled with football knowledge. It's going to help your team win your leagues this season. So you need to subscribe to the fantasy authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short run, super niche and super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. I'm recording this intro late at night amongst the clutter of my fully moved place. All our stuff is here. It's just everywhere. But I'm excited to hop back on the mic even though I need to control the level of my voice as my child is asleep in the room nearby and I'm not sure how Thin or thick these walls are yet, but we've got ourselves a hot episode of Training Camp Dialed In right here, folks, that needs to get out onto the feed and into your ears. Thank you once again for listening. Tell a friend. It's, it's okay. You can tell people. You can tell me. I'll say, hey, thanks for listening. Okay, today we are talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I dialed up Joe Rudder. He's the Pittsburgh Steelers reporter for TribLive.com and Trib Review Sports. You can find him at Trib Joe Rudder on Twitter. This is the first time I've had the pleasure of speaking with Joe. And let me tell you what, this guy broke down the Steelers in a way you're not going to hear anywhere else. He delivered the definitive guide to the Pittsburgh Steelers for the 2021 season. Well, What are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Rudder. Hello? Hello, Joe. Yes. How are you? good how you doing good thank you for taking my call and chatting about the Steelers with me Uh, this is very exciting to talk with you for the first time this is a particularly busy time considering the Steelers now have two preseason games in the books uh, while most teams don't even have one so let's start there for a minute what are your big takeaways for this offense from these two preseason games
0: I would say um, the thing that stood out is how Stoyan Hessman has played so well with the second team offense. The thing you have to couch that with, though, is he's playing against second and third team defenses. He's going playing into the second half. But he's been very accurate. He's made good reads, made good decisions, hasn't turned the ball over. Uh, he's done everything they've, they've wanted him to do. There's a chance, I don't know if it's a big chance, but there is a chance that he could push Mason Rudolph for the number two position
1: well as someone who traded for Haskins before the beginning of last year when he was in Washington uh, in a dynasty team that is great to hear I watched the game and I I thought Haskins looks pretty good but I'm glad that he does to you as well
0: yeah he he did He he looked he was Chris he was you know He was very, you know, sharp with his passes. You know, the thing you just have to wonder, though, is he hasn't played with the first team yet. He hasn't gone against the first team defense yet. Now, in training camp and in preseason, you know, a lot of teams aren't going to, they're keeping a lot of their starters out. So it's hard to gauge how good he actually is because of the competition he's going up against. But he's done well so far. And actually, so has Mason Rudolph. He was hurt against the Eagles by the fact that the offensive line had two holding calls. And then a false start penalty that helped short circuit three straight drives while he was in the game.
1: Great stuff, Joe. Thank you. And uh, as this is a fantasy podcast, I'd like to start out by talking about the offense as a whole and look back at last year and build from there. And in 2020, the Steelers were 12th in total points scored, 11th in total plays run. Both sound good for fantasy players, but the rub came with them being 24th in total yards and a less than ideal 26 in yards per play. Combine that with the fact they had the most pass attempts in the league, but were only 15th in the league in passing yards so not a ton of efficiency overall from what you've seen and heard around camp how is this group reorganizing itself in terms of scheme formations tendencies that'll make the Steelers offense take more advantage of their opportunities in 2021
0: well I think the one thing they're doing is they've got a lot of things they're trying to mix together on an entirely rebuilt offensive line that you know if you're a guy that you know really covets Najee Harris you know, could depend on how well the offensive line is if you think he's going to have a big year. Ben Roethlisberger, they're going to have more of a downfield passing game. Last year, they didn't trust the line enough, so he had to throw quickly, which is why he was getting the ball out so fast, which really hurt him throwing the ball down the field. You know, they had such a short uh, yards per attempt. You know, and that really, you know, I guess if you're a fantasy owner, he really, nobody really stood out as a top receiver. The limitations they had on their offense this year with Matt Canada calling the plays, I think they're going to try to open up more, more motion, more jet sweeps, just more things to get the defense off guard. And the main three receivers, Juju Smith, Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, I think in their own ways are going to see plenty of action. But again, they don't have a true number one guy that you're going to be able to hang your hat on for fantasy purposes. So you might have to look at a mix and match per week depending on which receiver you have
1: you mentioned that o-line and it sounds like you're encouraged by their camp so far is that fair to say
0: <laughs> yes and no the problem is the five guys that they expect to be their starters haven't taken one snap together yet you know offensive lines need times to gel and get cohesion the problem they have is they've had injuries and they've you know kevin Dotson. they've kind of put down on the second team trying to push him to make the first team so i think that'll change heading into the third preseason game, and I think Zach Banner will get his first preseason action at right tackle. So I think it's coming along. They just haven't had time to be together. So, you know, with that running game and pre- regular season starting a month away, we, you just don't know. They could get off to a slow start, but I, I would feel more comfortable, I think, with an established quarterback in Ben Rothelsberger in the passing early on and maybe the running game, given the, uh, the limitations so far of that offensive line.
1: Well, that offensive line is certainly something that's been giving drafters pause ahead of draft day. And uh, another player who does is quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. He comes with some inherent risk with his age and injury history. And there's a growing perception that he's just not that good anymore. But he did throw for 33 TDs last year and only 10 interceptions, which I think a lot of people kind of cast to the side. And the Steelers overall were seven them passing TDs with 35. So there's definitely some reward to this risk. What's Big Ben's camp like? And what can we expect from him in 2021? He's been
0: more back to the Ben Roethlisberger he was before the elbow surgery. Last year, he admitted he wore down late in the season. And for fantasy owners, that's your last part of the regular season and your playoffs. So if he was your quarterback, he probably hurt you there. But he probably helped you get some wins earlier in the season. Last year, he attributed a lot of that. because He's coming back from elbow surgery, was on a strict throwing program throughout the entire offseason. This year, he's back to his old schedule, hardly throwing in the offseason working his way back up, taking it lightly in training camp. He's, you know, works hard one day, does half a day the second day, takes a third day off and starts over again. He's been back to that old routine and he's looked fine. I mean, he's in good shape. He's throwing the ball hard. He's throwing the ball deep. You know, I I don't see there being any issues with his arm heading into the season. So I don't know if that will be an issue. I think it's just a matter of is this line able to give him protection and enough time to, to try to throw downfield a lot more than they did last year?
1: Well, that's exciting to hear. But let's say Big Ben goes down. How big of a drop-off in terms of play for this offense will be that QB, two, whether it's Mason Rudolph or Haskins?
0: Well, I think it's going to be a pretty big drop-off because right now, like, like with Ben Roethlisberger, they're trying to all learn a new offense. Uh, Mason Rudolph at times has looked like he's been a little confused. Dwayne Haskins so far seems to be picking up a little faster. But all three quarterbacks are, you know, even for Ben Roethlisberger, some of the terminology is new in Matt Canada's offense. So he's trying to to adjust as well. You know, Mason Rudolph, we just don't know really. You know, two years ago, he made eight starts when Ben Roethlisberger was hurt. Did okay in some, but not very well in others. You know, he started the, the season finale last year. Did very well against the Cleveland Browns. But, again, <laughs> both teams were, you know, I, I'm not, the Browns may not have clinched the playoffs for, spot by then. But, you know, the Steelers were playing their backup. So it was hard to get a gauge on what exactly Mason Rudolph did. I think there's going to be a drop-off, I think, if Ben Roethlisberger's not the quarterback and gets hurt. And I think they have become more balanced and rely more on the running game and not as much, you know, build it around Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with.
1: Great stuff, Joe. Thank you so much. Let's move on to the pass catchers next because these guys certainly have their truthers and their detractors in the fantasy space. First up, let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. He was once the headliner here and maybe still is as he had the most catches with 97 last year and tied for the most touchdowns with nine, but did come in third in yards with only 831. How has Juju looked and what can we expect from him in 2021?
0: The interesting thing about Juju is that, you know, he came back on the one-year deal, but he made it known that he wants to play outside more. He played mostly in the slot last year, which, you know, he was like Ben Roethlisberger's security blanket. If you needed three yards on third down, he was the guy that was going to go across the middle, catch the ball, get three or four yards. Had a volume of catches, didn't have a ton of yards. Uh, So I, I think he might be that type of guy this year, even though he wants to play more on the outside. It's hard with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, unless they really truly are intent on mixing it up so much that defenses are confused. Um, We really haven't seen that yet in camp. It's been more pretty much traditional set of offense with Juju getting a lot of the snaps in the slot but I think he has a chance to catch a lot of passes in a PPR league yeah he's gonna do well for you I just don't know about the yards and the touchdowns especially when you're trying to split those catches among three top receivers
1: you mentioned Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and they are definitely much more fantasy darlings than Juju at this point but they are two very different players Claypool chipped in 11 total TDs last year and Deontay had a stud worthy 144 targets however they had pretty staggering catch rates and not in a good way as deontay comes in at 61 percent and chase at only 56 percent what's the buzz around these two guys and can we expect those catch rates to increase and therefore their fantasy output as well
0: yeah i, I think you're gonna see chase claypool be the more the downfield guy the, the home run hitter type of threat and a lot of that depends on you know is ben roethlisberger going to be able to get him the ball right now as we've talked about i think his arm strength is there i think that's not going to be an issue deontay Johnson I still view him more of the catch and run type of guy turning a five yard out into like a 15 yard gain things like that he can be a deep threat at times but I think that they really like the way he exploits all areas of the field and you know he's so so good at run after the catch so elusive that I think that's the way it's going to be now again he led the NFL in drops last year that's something he has to get past. You know, I I still think he has a chance to be a very good receiver. And A lot of people seem to think he's going to be their best. But when you got three guys there and the other two are pretty established as well, I I just don't know if he's going to, you know, any one of these three is going to take a huge leap above the other two. But I, you know, I I like the deep threat that Chase Claypool has. And again, I think Deontay Johnson can catch a lot of passes, have more yard. But I just, just, you know, I, I just, I'm a little cautious on whether he's going to pile up the volume that maybe Juju Smith-Schuster would or, you know, Chase Claypool on a average per catch rate ratio.
1: I love that breakdown. Pretty well said. Thanks, Joe. Any other receivers worth mentioning? James Washington allegedly is requesting a trade, I believe. Anyone else popping out?
0: Right now, James, Wall, James Washington has been hurt uh, this last week and playing the second preseason game. You know, the Steelers have denied that he's asked for a trade request. But again, that could be a matter of semantics. Maybe it was his agent asking for it, not James Washington. Very dependable receiver. I like the way he he you know makes comeback catches. You know he's a guy that can stretch the field. He can do all kinds of things for this offense. The problem is he's clearly the number four guy right now, and he's going into a free agent year. So it might be in his best interest to you know be traded somewhere. I just don't know if the Steelers want to do that given the fact that if one of these guys gets hurt, you know, they're going to need somebody else to step up. And the fact that, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster will be a free agent at the end of the season, that if they could try to keep James Washington around, they can maybe blunt that type of loss. But, yeah, he's clearly the number four. I don't know if there's a true number five right now. They had Ray-Ray McLeod on the team last year, used him a lot in the return game, and somewhat out of the slot. But he's also been injured. And I'm not certain he's a lock to make this team. So outside those main three at the receiver position, you know, there's – I mean, there's other lesser guys like Anthony Johnson, Rico Bussey. But, uh, you know, uh, they seem right now like, you know, strong – unless they do something on special teams – to be strong practice squad
1: players. Moving on to the running backs, I've perhaps buried the lead here. The Steelers took certified college stud Najee Harris out of Alabama in the first round. During the college football playoffs, he demonstrated to anyone with eyes that he could do it all, and there's no reason to believe the Steelers aren't going to ask him to do the same. The hype is real with Najee in these fantasy streets. The projections have him penciled in for a lot of touches and a lot of yards. The expectations are high, Joe, but but he's not without his detractors who point to concerns about that line you mentioned. What have you seen from Najee and will he have uh, the type of success that people are hoping for?
0: I've seen nothing to think that this kid won't be a star. This guy is, he had to me, he has it all. He's is, is receiving out of the back. has been spectacular. And Mini camp, we saw him leap up and make a one-handed catch in the end zone. That was breathtaking. You know, he, when he finds a hole, he makes things happen. We've seen him turn gains that should be stopped at the line of scrimmage into getting five yards out of him in, in camp. The issue is the line. Uh, if you watch the Eagles game, things that hurt him, he had a long run for a first down, maybe 15 yards or so, called back for a hold. He had another run to win for a first down, probably 10, 12 yards, called back as a holding. You know, it, that, you know, he had, had two official carries, I think, for 10 yards, but he could have done so much more before they took him out, if not for the holding calls. If the, if the line is able to, you know, eliminate those things, he could be a very, a very special player. You know, he seems like the guy that's in the on Bell mold. He can catch a lot of passes, can be used a lot of different ways. Put him out in space I think they're gonna focus heavily on him it's just a matter of two as a rookie can he handle the workload which i think he would can and will in line give him you know enough room to run
1: I'm excited to see what Naji can do out there I love me some Naji as well I, I'm in I'm in the in the hype uh... <laughs> <laughs> Put me in with the hype crowd. I, I like Najee. All right. Behind Najee, though, is a who's who of running backs that both Debbie and Dynasty Twitter have discussed for years, and Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, Kalen Balaj is somehow there, and Jalen Samuels. I myself have always had a special spot in my heart for Samuels, who's getting a lot of run in preseason, I've noticed. How have these guys looked? And who would be the clear handcuff? You know, in fantasy football, there's always the classic handcuff. Is there one guy that maybe has more usage than the others?
0: Heading into camp, I would have said Benny Snell. But he hasn't played in the game yet. He's been hurt. Uh, they haven't really said what is going on with him. Uh, really hasn't done much in the way of practice in the last week to 10 days. And in his absence, Anthony McFarland has you know gotten most of those second team reps. And he's looked okay. I mean, he's done some good things. Uh, I don't know if he's a, a guy that you would have if Najee Harris went down If you'd have him become a feature back, I think they'd have to do more of a committee type of thing. You know, the wild card is Benny Snell right now, because you don't know what their thoughts are on him because he hasn't played. You know, right now, based on this, they would have to go with Anthony McFarland as the two. Jalen Ballage, until he got hurt and missed this last game, was having a pretty decent camp. I think he's really pushing hard to make a roster spot. And as for your guy, Jalen Samuels, it's hard. He's, you know, a converted tight end. Uh, he did some nice things against the Eagles, but he was playing pretty much, you know, the third and fourth quarters. I think it's really going to be hard for him, you know, to get a spot on this team, uh, especially if the steel you know, if they have to keep one fewer running back, they've also got a fullback in Derek Watt. That, uh, you know, they might it might be tough for Jalen Samuels to 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 find his way on the field. So I think I think he might face an uphill battle to be on the 53-man roster.
1: And there's also been rumors swirling that McFarland could be on the field at the same time as Najee. Is there any truth to that, or is Najee pretty much the clear, traditional bell cow for this team?
0: Well, I think Najee will be the bell cow, but they have run some sets in training camp where you've had McFarland out on the field there as well. Uh, That was kind of interesting and a little unexpected for them to do so. That is a possibility. McFarland has the breakaway speed, although he never really showed it last year and has worked season, but he's the type of guy that if, if he figures it out and can get through a hole and take, you know, can take the football a long way. Um, yeah, I just in, in a perfect world of Najee Harris is playing regularly, I don't see anybody on this else on this team being much of a factor for fantasy purposes.
1: Last but not least is the tight end room. Eric Ebron returns off a middling campaign of just over 500 yards and five TDs, but the big buzz is rookie Pat Fryermuth. The tight end position always seems to carry some value in Pittsburgh. What's the word on Pat? And should we expect Ebron though, to be the guy to still be that tight end one?
0: As of right now, halfway through camp, I think Eric Ebron is still your number one tight end, but Pat Fryermuth is coming on hard. He is a good blocker. and uh, He did have the a holding penalty that negated one of those long runs by Najee Harris against the Eagles, but he's a better blocker. He's done nothing to disappoint in terms of pass catching. He catches almost everything thrown his way. Um, he's been very good. They've used a lot of two tight ends formations to try to see what they've got there i could see him being a 1a to ebron's one um if they value blocking more i could see him getting being on the field getting more snaps than eric ebron they're really they're really high on him and that's why they drafted him in the second round he has been he's been very good so far they have zach gentry from michigan as number three fighting to make the uh, fighting to make the roster over another guy Kevin Raider who's also a good blocker but i think your top 2 guys are Ebron and Fryermuth and it wouldn't surprise me if at some point early in the season it's more Fryermuth than Ebron
1: I love that. Uh, let's get the rookie in there. Let's see what he can do. Uh, he had a lot of buzz leading up to the draft. And I know he was a relatively high rookie pick in a lot of dynasty drafts. So for a tight end, at least, and uh, I think people are excited to see what he can do, especially with the Steelers who do put up a bit of a premium on the tight end position. So uh, Joe, this has been incredible. I have one final question. I'm going to make you put yourself out there bit of a toughie what's your boldest fantasy prediction for the Steelers in 2021
0: well here I thought you were going to ask me about the kicker we didn't get to, the, to Chris Boswell
1: <laughs> <laughs> I you know I actually never um <laughs> talk kickers but uh I do know that a certain analyst has been listening to these and he is a kicker enthusiast so let's give that guy some hardcore Boswell talk
0: yeah no no uh, Boswell he should be he's you know, the problems he had a couple of years ago are gone. He should be fine. Um, you know, it's a matter of whether they get down there enough to score. The offense has to be better than it was last year for him to be a factor. Yeah, he's fine. He'll be, you know, he'll be in your, he'll be one of your top, Dozen kickers in the league, I wouldn't have an issue with that. But as far as my hot fantasy take for this team, true, I don't know if it's going to be anything earth shattering, but I think that Najee Harris has a chance to, you know, put up some decent numbers, you know, maybe a thousand eleven hundred yards, maybe 50, 60 catches for another three or 400 more yards. I think, you know, he, he's going to be a guy that, you know, as long as he can stay healthy in that line, protect, you know, gives him some room to run that he can be a you know one of the better fantasy running backs in his rookie season
1: i think that all Najee truthers are buzzed right now joe they're they're ecstatic and as i already said i'm in that camp uh i am as well this is exciting i'm excited to see Najee. i'm excited to see what the steelers can do hopefully that o-line comes around and uh, gives fantasy and gamers some points joe you have been incredible the insights are better than these degenerate gamers deserve but i appreciate you taking the time to talk with me I want to give you a, a chance here. Where can people find all your stuff?
0: Uh, our website for the, the Pittsburgh Tribune Review is triblive.com. And they can catch me at Twitter at Cribjo Rutter or U-T-T-E-R.
1: Thank you so much once again for taking the time. And uh, until next year, have a great season. Thank you. Najee Harris, breathtaking. You are now dialed in.